0: And the cross, we're going to sing a song in a moment about the cross. Ron, oh my goodness. The, the, the finale, the extravagant finale of what Jesus came to earth to do, the end of his three years of ministry, the cross. And I just love this song and I hope it will bless your heart. But I'm going to talk about what happened before the cross. The last few things that Jesus chose to do with his disciples was eating a meal. And it wasn't just any meal, it was the Passover meal. That has great significance. I'm going to talk to us a little bit about that. But before, before, um, before the meal, before the cross, um, let me just read from that scripture what Jesus did. And you're probably all clicking, I know what he did before the meal. Well, we're going to read about it and talk a little bit about it. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin And began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towels he had around his waist. What a significant act as Jesus' final words, as Jesus' final act before he went to the cross and it all began. He puts a towel around his waist. He kneels at their feet and he begins to wash their feet. This is showing us not only uh, what was important to him, but actually how we are not What was important to him was relationship. But this is actually showing us the type of relationship he values. What qualities should frame our relationships, starting with the most important one of all, servanthood. He was showing us the culture of heaven. And it was his way, the upside-down kingdom's way, that he wanted to show his disciples right at the end. And I want to talk about three things Jesus set culture with that night in this simple single act. So in each of these three culture areas I'm going to talk about it was a culture of extravagance. He didn't just set a bucket of water by the door and say oh like I would if the kids had brought sand into the house. He actually tied the the towel around him and he knelt and he washed with his bare hands each of those feet. He served extravagantly, he served unexpectedly. And he served with a love so deep, he saw to the heart, very heart of the matter, saw the heart of those disciples. He knew them. He loved them. And he saw to the places that we often think we keep hidden. You know what I mean? We, we, we try and hide things. But Jesus saw to the very heart of the dirt, of the dust of the journey, in the bottom of their feet, and he went ready to serve. So getting back to the physical act of washing their feet, Washing the feet is a simple sign of hospitality in those days. The job was usually reserved for servants, although if there was a specially important person coming to visit, Abraham washed the feet of the angels that came to visit him, a host would actually wash the feet themselves. And Jesus in this instant chose to wash the dust of the journey from his disciples' feet. Okay, he's telling them they're important. They're important to him. It was a practical application of love. And it was just the dust of the journey. People wore sandals in those days, and they walked everywhere. Have you ever been to a house where they leave sandals at the front door? We often throw our shoes off at the front door only because we don't like wearing shoes. People often get worried about walking dirt through our house. We're like, we don't really care about the dirt. We just don't like shoes. But this was actually our custom, to leave the dirt of the journey at the door and just to wash a sign of welcome and hospitality. Now the Passover celebration was a bit like our Christmas celebration. Families came together to celebrate the last meal before the Israelites were delivered out of Egypt and they had roast lamb, they had bitter herbs and they had the flat bread because they didn't have time for the bread to get leavened. So they came together, our Christmases. People come with all their expectations and their stress and their Christmas lists I don't know, maybe this was a bit like that. People were coming definitely to this Last Supper with a list of expectations. Uh, Judas shows us that. He was trying to force Jesus' hand in the um, betrayal. But this meal, people came with their expectations. They came with their hopes and their dreams and what they thought Jesus should do. And Jesus said to them, actually, what you should do is serve one another. Now, we know that everything Jesus was doing that night was not only practical, but it was actually symbolic. When Jesus got to Peter, Peter said, no way are you going to wash my feet, Jesus. Jesus said something really strange to Peter. He said, if you won't let me wash your feet, you've got nothing to do with me. That tells me that there is something extremely significant. I think there's a number of layers of application here of letting Jesus wash your feet. Think about that. Humble enough to let someone see the dirt, touch the dirt, and deal with the dirt. And then Peter, I love Peter, doesn't he all give us hope? He says, oh, then wash my whole body. And Jesus goes, don't be ridiculous. You don't need me to wash your whole body. Let me just wash your feet. And he did. He washed his feet. So there's a practical application to this washing. But there was a spiritual application to this washing of people's feet. He was setting the scene for not just a welcome and a hospitality to a physical meal, but he was actually setting a welcome and a hospitality to what was about to take place. If you let me wash your feet, you're preparing yourself for what is about to come. The priests would wash, change their clothes and wash their hands and feet before entering the temple and the sacrifices were made. Jesus was saying, wash wash, oh that reminds me of Elliot he loves, to, I can get him into the bath if I say wash chase and he goes and gets all his Paw Patrol dogs, take them into the bath and he loves it, wash chase wash marsh you know sometimes church we need to let Jesus wash our feet not condemnation not we're all sinners and go on a hill and lost our salvation no way but sometimes we do actually collect the dust of the journey and we actually need to let Jesus wash our feet and maybe as we come around communion this morning, we can even ask God, is there areas that I've let the dust of the journey cling to me? Are there areas that I just need to let you wash my feet and be clean in preparation for remembrance of the, the, the great act of the resurrection, the dealing with the sin once and for all, the entrance into heaven, the price that was paid for us? Okay. Lastly, I know it's a bit long, but I finally got the microphone. I'm going to take my time. I said to Mark, you're just going to have to cut your sermon short. And he was happy with that because he has had Elliot the last two nights. (laughs) Lastly, I believe Jesus was setting a culture of humility. When he had finished washing their feet, I'm going to read this from the scripture. He put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for this is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Jesus washed the dirt of the journey from his disciples' feet. He indicated that a sacrifice was about to take place, showing the disciples they needed to be spiritually prepared and clean. But he also set a culture of humility, showing the disciples to serve one another in love, to watch over one another in love, to care for one another in love. Why? Well, that's not so difficult. Let's read this scripture from Romans 8. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen as his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with him. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life, and he's sitting in the place of honour at God's right hand, pleading for us. He continues to pray for us and intercede for us. Why? Because he wants relationship with us. It was what it was all about. He loves us. His great love for us set the scene in that act of washing feet. And then it was just again and again throughout his life and through his death and resurrection. It was all a love story for God so loved the world that He gave his only son. Can I finish with one more scripture? Which one? I just love this. May his love come through to you this morning. May you feel his love. May you know his love. May you reconnect with his love. Because that was what this foot washing was all about. He loved us so much. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ. Jesus came to earth to reveal himself to us, to reveal his intent, relationship, extravagant, exorbitant, sacrificial love. And he's called us to do the same, to serve one another, to love him and to love one another. And if we love God, we will show our love for one another. And that is the end of my story and my sermon, mini-sermon. But can we take the bread and the wine? Let's close our eyes. God, we love you and we know that you've died for us. And I thank you for this illustration in this act of Jesus washing feet. And Lord, if there's anything in our hearts that just need to be washed away, Lord, bring it to our minds now that we can put it before the cross and have it washed away and dealt with we want to be clean before you and we want to be ready for everything that you have for us we don't want the dust of the journey to cling so father as we take this bread we remember your body was broken for us and as we drink this wine we remember your blood was poured out that our sins would be forgiven that we could have eternal relationship with you starting right now And that the kingdom of heaven, the culture of extravagance, forgiveness, hope and life could be ours in Jesus Christ. Amen. Wasn't that so good? Thank you, Mum. Let's give Mum a hand. So good.